Amen? Amen. Okay, open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, if you weren't here last week, uh, we just started a new series, uh, and it's called The Sermon on the Mount, and we subtitled it The Way of Jesus. And as we'll see, as we walk through the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to do this verse by verse. Typically, we do series that are you know, topical. We'll do something on healing, or we do the believer's authority, or attributes of God. Uh, you guys know the ones we've done in the recent past. But I really felt led that we just need to walk through a passage of Scripture, verse by verse. And I love this because there's no hiding. There's no hiding. And we'll look at a verse this morning that many of you maybe have read and did one of those, you know, like those sideway turns, like, what? What does that even mean? And you just kind of keep moving on, right? Most of you, I don't know, sometimes, you know, maybe you'll bust out a commentary or two. You'll start Googling details of what this verse means. I don't personally do that in my time in the morning. I got a few minutes. I'm reading the Bible and I'm moving on. So if I come across a scripture that I'm like, ah, I don't understand what that means, a lot of times I just keep moving on. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. However, when we're doing this series, we're not skipping any verses. Okay, we're just going to go right through it. It's going to go from, we looked at the end of uh, Matthew chapter 4 last week, which is like a preparation for the starting of the Sermon on the Mount, and it goes like about two and a half chapters uh, in Matthew, and we're going to start in Matthew 5 this morning. And what we're going to look at this morning is the Beatitudes, and I titled this portion of the message is, To Turn Your Attitudes Upside Down. Mmm. I know Pastor Liz said that, you know, she was the one who was get challenging you. Guess what? Today, guys, I'm going to be a challenger to you guys as well. Because this message really challenged myself. I was, I was being challenged going, oh my goodness, like, what is my attitude in daily life? How am I walking? And what, are the, what does this beatitude even mean? What does this look like? Now, there are eight beatitudes that we're going to read through. I'm going to cover a couple of them today. My goal is to get through the first four. I don't know if we'll get through all four. And then next week is Jeremy Gall. Then the week after that, I'll finish up uh, the beatitudes if we go. But I'm in no rush, guys. I'm in no rush to get through this. Through this. I, I truly believe that God's got a plan and a purpose on this series, uh, and so I'm in no rush at all. So let me read it to you first, and then we'll talk through it. Verse 1. In seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain. When he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, this is, like, this is the intro. Like, you know, like how important it is if anybody has studied homiletics or giving a message or preaching and everything. It's like the opening is like, it's the catcher. This is a good thing. We've got to pay attention to these words. And of course, all of Jesus' words are important. But here's what he said. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So we're going to look at those first four this morning. But how many of you have read verse 3 before? Blessed are the poor in spirit. And you did one of those, what? Wait a second, Jesus. 
I am not poor in any way, shape, or form. I was taught that God is my provider. There is no poverty. There is no sickness in this house. Right? And you begin, you, we, we attach something to a word. And I want to explain that. I'm going to go through that today so you guys understand what that is. Well, first of all, what is a beatitude? And I believe that Jesus here is really, he's turning our attitudes upside down. He's saying, in the world, both now and then when he was teaching this, the opposite is what was valued. The opposite, strength is valued. Prosperity is valued. And not that it's not valued today, but he is talking about our hearts. He's not talking about our bank accounts. Jesus is talking about our character. He's not talking about our leadership position. He is talking about who we really are on the inside, which many of us, including myself, we can fake it. Come on, church. How many of you faked it a little bit this week? My drive to church this morning, some of you were here. If you were here the, when, we, when, you, when we started worship, Liz gave the story of my drive to church this morning. I was faking it till I was making it. Because what happened before the drive, so I'll just back up for, for a second. I think I've mentioned this to you guys. One of my biggest pet peeves in my family, and my kids all know this, Noel, is when they can't find their shoes on a Sunday morning. And for whatever reason, it seems as though every Sunday morning there is an issue with one of my children's shoes. Now, I don't understand how hard it can be because there's like three main locations in the house where shoes could be. They're either in the breezeway, they're in that closet, or they're by the back door. That's it. That's where shoes go. But for whatever reason, on a Sunday morning, one of the two shoes is gone. Totally gone. Nowhere to be, and how many parents are shaking their head, right? Nowhere to be found. I, I, at some point this morning, I was instituting multiple other children to help this one child find shoes, not only to come to find out that another child was missing a shoe as well. And it's the only shoe that goes with the outfit. There's no alternatives. The sneakers aren't going to work. The fancy dress shoes aren't going to work. It needs to be a spring summery type, you know, sandal. Can't find it anywhere. So here's what's going on. So I am like, mm, okay, it's God is good. Everything's going to be great. And so I had a very stressful morning regarding shoes. And so I got into the car and I decided that I am going to take the way that doesn't have the train. Because if I go on the road that has a train when I'm running late every Sunday morning, the train undoubtedly will be there. I'm saying, Satan, I know your tricks. I know your ways. And I know the times of the trains. And because I'm running late, I will hit the train, so I am taking Mill Fair. God bless Mill Fair, Mill Creek and Fairview, for building the bridge in which I can go to the roundabout, which I now love, which I used to hate, and I can get over this bridge, no problem. Come on. And I turned onto Westlake Road... And right in front of me turned a minivan. And I'm not sure where she got her driving lessons from. I'm not sure if she could even read the speed limit signs. Because the way she was driving was so slow. And I was like, really? I, I'm avoiding the train to get behind this. And I was, and Liz was sharing some of this. I mean, I was like, 
I was doing breathing exercises. You know, when you start to do all those things, like, thank you, Jesus, I'm about to preach this morning. Nothing's going to steal my joy. I mean, I am faking it till I'm making it. I am speaking what will be before it's actually there. And praise God, I had some kids in the car. Come on. Come on. How many of you are happy sometimes kids are in the car because you're about to say something right now that you're just like, hmm. Hi, guys. And they're watching. Yeah, kids are watching. So I'm driving. Oh, my goodness. I'm driving. This. I'm just, I'm doing all the deep breaths. I'm, bre- I'm breathing. But to be honest, so as we were going, it, I just gave it to the Lord. I gave it to the Lord. I said, Lord, okay, I can't do this. I'm, sometimes we're hiding our feelings. And sometimes the Lord's just saying, just share them with me. Just let them be. Put them out there. I said, Lord, I am frustrated this morning. And God's like, it's okay. I'm with you. I get it. Missing shoes are a problem. That's stressful. People driving weird is stressful and, and upsetting sometimes. But the Lord was with me. And he, and he was just ministering to me. And he was ministering to my heart. He was saying, I'm with you. I am for you. And I've got you in this. And a lot of times, these Beatitudes that we're looking at, I think we sort of, they're all a matter of our heart. They're a matter of our character. And a lot of times we hide these. And I want to really get into them and talk about them because I think it's important for us to understand what they are. There's eight of them. So what is a Beatitude? A Beatitude actually is a blessing. It's a blessing. It's not a Beatitude, like be this way. It's actually a blessing. And each of these that Jesus walks through as he opens the Sermon on the Mount is he gives you like this this status of your heart and then a blessing that goes with it. And how many of you know that we don't, we don't act in a certain way to get blessing or to receive anything, but what God is showing us here, and we're going to walk through these, is that there is this way of, from a character perspective that we can be that has blessing and brings blessing on this earth to us as well. So verse 3 starts with this. This is the first one. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You're like, wait a second. How can I be poor? I am not poor. And then you look up the word. Like, you know, okay, maybe the Greek word says something slightly different. Maybe it didn't really mean poor. Maybe there's another word or translation for it of what poor is. No, it pretty much means poor. Pretty much means lacking something, needing something. And you say, but poor in spirit, I don't, I thought that when I accepted Jesus Christ, my spirit was 100% whole and made whole, and you are whole, and yes, that is all true. But what Jesus is talking about here is that when we are poor in spirit, it it means this, it means those who confess their need for God. Those who confess their need for God. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I don't know where my wife is, but... Pastor Liz, she exemplified, I can can say because she's not here. She exemplified, because she'd be embarrassed if I said in front of everybody, which I am, but she's not here. She exemplifies these Beatitudes more than anybody else I've ever met. Her reliance and her, especially these first couple, her reliance of her confessing her need for God, if you know her even just for a heartbeat or for a minute, you understand that this is part of how she operates. It says, poor in spirit, if we confess our... This is like anti-cultural. Come on, church. This is like anti-America. I don't need anything. I am self-made. 
I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made business owner. I'm a self-made, self-made, self-made. Look at myself. I can take a selfie. Self, 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 self. Need nothing. I don't need anybody's help. I can do this on my own. How many of us know that we cannot do everything on our own? In fact, you couldn't even breathe without God. He has given you life. He has given us this air. He has given us the breath in our lungs. We need God. Those who are poor in spirit, confess it. They say, you know what it means to confess? It means to be like, God, I need you. My drive to church this morning. God, I need you. I can't do this without you. I need you in my life in every way, in every shape, in every form. I need you in my marriage. I need you in my parenting. I need you in my job. I need you to help me work with the people in Wegmans when they can't pack my food right without squishing my cheese. Why put the heavy things on top of the cheese? Why? I love Wegmans. Train them. Tell them, don't put the stuff on the cheese. Right? But even in our silly challenges of life and the challenges that we have in our life, we need God. So this being poor in spirit doesn't mean you're poor or lacking something from a financial standpoint or from a bank account. It means that you are open and saying, I can't do this without you, God. And it is countercultural. As much then as it is now, this is why it's called flipping our attitudes upside down. And the moment you stand up, And believe to think that you personally had something to do with it all on your own. You're missing this scripture. You're missing that scripture. It's blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who confess their need for God. You ever think of a container... And there's something in the container. Before you can fill that container back up, you have to empty it out of whatever's in there. And this whole series, this whole these Beatitudes, is we have to look at our own attitudes and how we're living and begin to pour out the old ways and say, Lord, I want a new way. I want a new way. I want to, I want to be so reliant on God. And I've, in fact, church, when you get there, he will challenge you with things more and more and more to rely on him further. And it's interesting that the enemy, Satan, wants you to be self-sufficient, self-made person. Because he'll just leave you alone right there because you're in a bad spot. You're in a bad spot. But when we are relying on God, say, God, I need you. I can't do anything without you. He will then entrust you with more. He will then entrust you with a greater thing and says, okay, Jason, you're going to trust me in this? Will you trust me in this? And he's always calling us to the next level, to a higher level. And look at what it is. Blessed are they because they receive the kingdom of heaven. Those who are dependent and need God, their reward, their blessing for that is receiving the kingdom of heaven. Which is what we talked about last week. We begin to receive this. And then the opposite of that is us feeling and walking around like we are all that and a bag of chips. Because I love you all, but you're not. I'm not. We're not. We are who we are because of God, of who God is in our life. 
because of our testimony. So blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who have a dependency and a need for God in their life. The next one is this. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I think we read this, just like with the last verse we read, we mourn, we think of, you know, uh, when we lose a loved one. And we're mourning, and yes, God comforts those who mourn in that sense, but that's not what he's talking about here. What Jesus is talking about is those who mourn are those who grieve over sin. Mm. Those who grieve over sin. And I don't know about you sometimes, but when I mess up or when I fail, you have that sense on the inside. There's a difference between the condemnation that the enemy brings and a conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit and comes from God. And there's this mourning on the inside of us. It's a grieving. It's a grieving over, oh Lord, this is not right. And I need to change this in my life. And that is a blessing, church. That's a blessing. The opposite is everyone who walks around, including me half the time, like you got it all together. Like, you, I got no sin. I got no problem. Look at me. Wore my fancy shirt. Looking good. I got my, got my nice jeans on. Everything's good. I got no sin in my life. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. The Bible says all have sinned. This week, <laughs> all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this beatitude, this, what Jesus is telling us is blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who grieve their sin. You're like, how did, that doesn't feel like a blessing to me. And it's a blessing to you because how God operates. And God says, when we confess our sins one to another, there is healing. When we confess our sins to the Lord, we are healed. We are saved. This is what this means. This is what this is talking about. This morning, those who grieve over personal sin. Look at David. You ever read the Psalms? You talk about a man after God's own heart. Yet I've never seen or met someone, maybe other than my wife, I've already talked about that, who will grieve and mourn sin more than I've seen from King David in the Bible. Lamenting, Lord. And I believe that God tells us this and shows us this so that we are positioning our heart. Remember, this is all about the heart. That we are positioning our heart to want to change. If you are not mourning and grieving the loss of that or the sin, then you can do all your trying you want to change. And it doesn't take. How many know that's true? Try and you try and you try on your own. But until you position yourself and you begin to grieve and to mourn that sin, and it is that peace that character, that heart change in your life that begins to turn you to repentance, to truly turning away, to truly making a change in your life. And look at what the, what the uh, promise is there. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. 
There's always a blessing that comes along with this. They are then comforted. Those, they receive the comfort of God. How many of you, when you are in sin, when you're living in sin, you're not comfortable? Come on, you're not comfortable. If you're watching something you shouldn't be, you're like, right? Like, I am not comfortable right now. I'm watching a show that I probably shouldn't be, but maybe it's okay. Is it really a sin? I don't know. I'm just tired. I'm going to watch it anyway. Whoa. I'm not sure that's what Jesus is talking about right here. Saying, blessed are those who grieve sin. And I'll tell you what, my concern for the church and for, I mean, not us in particular, maybe a little bit, but my concern is that we don't even understand what sin is anymore. Pretty sure my Bible tells me exactly what sin is. But I believe we're beginning to walk around as a culture and even as a church and we're like, eh, eh. Eh, that's okay. Teach be their own. It's all good. What's good for you is fine for me. Like, where does it say that in the Bible? We have people walk around angry all the time. God, God's talking about that as a sin. There are sins here in the Bible that is clearly there. And we should be mourning and grieving over every sin in our life. That's right. In our life. The distinction there is that I'm talking to us in your life, not pointing out the sin in somebody else's life. You're like, mm, yeah, look at that person. I see what they're doing. Did you hear what show that they're watching? Oh, did you hear that? Show? Oh my gosh. I couldn't even watch the first episode. I had to turn it off immediately. Oh, the vulgarity, the sexuality was terrible. Yeah, and we start judging other people's sin. This is us saying, Lord, you're judging yourself here. And there's healing in that. There is freedom in that. There is comfort in that. You getting before the Lord and saying, Lord, this I understand. I read your Bible. I hear your word. It doesn't change. And I am living a way and I'm believing in a way that is not righteous, that is not of you. And when we begin to understand that and we have this beatitude of saying, Lord, I am mourning and grieving over this sin. I don't want to live here anymore. I don't want to live in this sin anymore. When we position ourselves there, you shall be comforted. Because God will begin to do a work in your life. And you will receive the comfort of the Lord. The next one, the third one. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I don't know how much I'm going to get into this one or not. I feel like this is like a whole message separate. Okay, I'll just preview it here a little bit. <clears throat> Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You look at that word meek. Yes, it means gentle and kind, but there's a further meaning of it. And the meaning is those who humbly submit themselves to God and to others. Meek doesn't mean weak. And I think our society is taking, this is like a Jesus again flipping something upside down. When we think of meek, we think meek of mild, and everyone just beats me up and says whatever they want, I never say anything back, and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's what we, that's what we believe our, what this word meek is. But this word meek, I, I like to call it a, uh, I wrote this down, is this, it's meekness is the submission to God. It's humbly submitting to God and to others, and it's strength under control. Mm. 
Meekness is a strength under control. You're not just a wild horse running out there. Like, that's what the world wants. I'm not under anybody's authority. I can do what I want. I can't, I don't listen to the government. That President Biden, I don't listen to a word he says. I don't listen to this. My government officials, even though they're actually, God has appointed them and put them in place and in charge over us, but we walk around as if we're under no one's authority. That is a dangerous place to be. That is a dangerous place to be. I'm not part of any church. My ministry's separate. You know, I just... How many of those ministries actually end up failing? Because it is a dangerous place to be. And Jesus was meek, but he also pulled out some whips and flipped some tables when they were messing around in the temple. And so Jesus is being our example in life. Jesus' meekness was strength under control. When someone slapped him or someone hit him, he could have called all the angels down, fired down from heaven, boom! But that wasn't God's plan. And he had to have strength under control. And I believe that God has called all of us as Christians, myself and others, is we have to be meek and humbly submit ourselves to God and to others. But that doesn't mean we have to be weak. Because they are two completely separate things. And the interesting here is the blessing of this. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. First one was the kingdom of God. And all these beatitudes, they point back to number one. But this one is interesting, is that it says that they will inherit the earth. Which means to me, says that those who are humbly submitted to God and to others have a way of of prosperity, for lack of a better word, on this earth. Because there is a system that God has put into place that when we submit ourselves to authority, there's protection and there's blessing. I believe that's what the Lord is speaking to us here. Sid, if you want to come back up. I was concerned that I wouldn't get through all of these, and it is true, I will not. Because I believe that I really want to, I don't want to rush through them because I feel like each one of them we really need to spend time on and understand. Just bow your heads with me this morning. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just want to spend a time, just a moment in God's presence this morning. these beatitudes is turning our attitudes upside down or looking at them completely different than the world looks at them. It can be challenging. I don't want to rush through them. I don't want to just give a bunch of quick one-liners for you to try to run off and do because I think each of these takes some time to process. Takes some time to Let's sit in our hearts for a few moments.
just as we're in God's presence here, I just want to read the first two. I just want us to take a moment and reflect on those. Reflect on our own lives. Nobody else. Not your neighbor, not your spouse, not your kids, not your boss, co-workers. I just want you to ask the Lord this morning as I read these first two to show you where in your life that you need to change a heart issue. The word says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who confess their need for God. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn those who grieve over sin in their lives. For they shall be comforted. So Lord, we just come before you this morning. We ask by your Holy Spirit that you just begin to reveal Reveal to us in our life where we've kept you out, where we've said, I, I don't really need you in that area. Maybe you, didn't, maybe you didn't say it out loud, but somewhere there's a portion, a part of your life that you are not living fully dependent upon him, that you need to give it to him today. Even this morning as we're praying. I would encourage you just to say even under your breath, Lord, I give this to you, whatever it is. Lord, I need you in this area of my life. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your parenting. Wherever it might be, invite him in today. Jesus, we invite you in fully, completely, totally. Lord, we admit and believe that we are fully dependent upon you today. And Lord, we thank you for your strength you've given us. We thank you for the air that we breathe. And Lord, we recognize this morning our full dependence upon you in every area of our life. Lord, that we would recognize that we are not self-made. But we are here because of you and who you are. And Lord, if there is sin in our life, so remove the word if. Lord, there is sin in our life. Father, I just put your hands on your heart. I don't normally do this, but I just, Lord, I ask you this morning to have a heart that grieves and mourns over that sin. And Lord, that I would recognize sin as it is stated in your word. 
and know, Lord, that you don't put those things out there for any other reason, Lord, but to help us. And so, Lord, we confess that sin this morning. Whether it's a way of living or a belief that we know does not line up with you, whatever it might be, Father, we mourn over that. Lord, expose it in our hearts. Show it to us on a deeper level. Lord, we want to repent. We want to move away from that. We want to turn from those things. We don't want them any longer to bind us, to hold us. So Lord, we give it to you today. And Father, we just thank you for a heart that is open to hear your word and to receive your grace. Lord, your word says as we confess, we are healed. Lord, so we confess this morning, we receive your grace, your mercy, and your healing. Lord, we thank you that you are with us and you are for us. precious name we pray amen amen guys you guys can look up here uh we've got some prayer teams that are going to be up here they're going to be up at the front and they can pray for you if you have never made jesus christ your lord and savior if you've never truly invited him in receiving him as your lord as your the one who has forgiven you of your sins you can do that this morning, and somebody up here can pray for you. Or if you need prayer for anything else in your life, maybe you need prayer for healing, maybe a relationship, maybe just agreement for an upcoming trip that you're going on, whatever it might be, I would just encourage you to come up front here and to get prayer as we close. Remember this Wednesday night is prayer night, 6.30, and then next week we'll have Jeremy Gall here, and then I'll pick up the week after that, right here where we left off. Let me just say a blessing over you guys as we close this morning. Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you do really show us a different way to live. Not of the world's ways, but of a way that's not normal, that's different. So, Lord, I pray that we would each leave here taking these first couple of Beatitudes to heart. They would understand of what they are, what they look like, and how to live in a new way out of our heart. Lord, that you would just pierce our hearts with that truth. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Ephesians 3, it says this, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints... What is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen and amen. We love you guys. We'll see you, well, Wednesday. And if not that, I'll see you in two weeks.